Today on The Novelizers, from crazy ex-girlfriend Rachel Bloom, in a special musical chapter, from Superstore Steve Agee, plus Chris Karwowski and intern Kevin Carter. Now here's your host, Andy Richter. Hi, I'm Andy Richter. For most of my career, I was a late-night talk show sidekick, which meant I had to endure hours and hours of mindless boredom five nights a week. Fortunately, I found a way to kill time and save my sanity. Great literature. While the host was cackling away at yet another insipid story from Taylor Swift or Tom Hanks, I was lost in the works of Dostoevsky, Shakespeare, and Jane Austen. Literature saved me, and now I want to save literature by creating new, much cooler literature as much and as quickly as possible. That's what this little podcast is all about. I take great movies, then I ask the Dostoevskys of today, like a funny guy on Twitter or a staff writer from Bob's Burgers, to turn those movies into books. Finally, I get famous actors, some of the very people who bored me to tears on that talk show couch to narrate those chapters. It's all right here in a little podcast I call The Novelizers. This season on the podcast, we're novelizing what film critics agree is one of the top 10 Star Trek films of all time, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Just tuning in for the first time? No problem. My intern, Kevin, will catch us up on what's been happening in our story. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing? I'll take my answer off the air. Uh, I'm great, Andy. Unlike Captain Kirk, his nemesis Khan has stolen the secret Genesis project and has had lots of crazy space battles with the Enterprise. Khan also used an evil slug to take over Chekhov's mind and ordered him to kill Kirk down on the planet. But Chekhov focused so hard he squirted the slug out of his ear just in time. Now Khan's more determined than ever to make sure Kirk dies. Thanks Kev. Today's first chapter was novelized and narrated by Steve Agee, who you know from New Girl, the Sarah Silverman program, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and of course the smash hit film Boy Band, now streaming on Tubi. Steve Agee, beam us up. Chapter 13. What am I feeling? Novelized and narrated by Steve Agee. If you have a problem with that, go fuck yourself. Savik, desperate, frantic, tries to make contact with the Enterprise. Enterprise, come in. This is Lieutenant Savik. Enterprise, can you read me? There is only radio silence. She smashes the comms unit against the wall, breaking it into a thousand pieces. Jesus, fuck! It's the year 2285, and our tech is like some horse shit out of the 20th century. Why don't you shut the fuck up? Odds are we're going to be here a while, and if you don't want to feel the sting of a sock full of nickels, then you need to chill out, barked McCoy. Mr. Chekhov starts to come too. Can you two keep it down? I kind of had some really intense ear trauma in case you've forgotten. Little did he know the bug that had wreaked havoc on his inner ear would leave him with a maddening level of tinnitus that would plague him the rest of his life. Every attempt at a meaningful relationship would end in heartbreak, for no woman could endure the constant droning of old Prairie Home Companion episodes that Chekhov had to play in order to muffle the non-stop ringing in his ears. That poor bastard would live out the rest of his life alone, 
staring out into space while dreaming of Lake Wobegon and the life he should have had. Admiral, still no word from the Enterprise, said Lieutenant Savick, finally calming down. Oh, really? You're not getting a reply on that walkie-talkie you smashed two minutes ago? That's a shocker. They usually work better when they're broken, said Bones sarcastically. The tension in the tunnel was so thick you could choke on it. Trying to change the subject, Carol finally speaks up. By the way, who is this con person, and what's his beef with you, Jim? Well, it's kind of a long story that was actually covered earlier, and it wouldn't be fair to the reader to hash through that shit again. Suffice it to say, he's a real piece of shit who could really benefit from some therapy in about 20 milligrams of Lexapro. By the way, I'm starving. Is there anything to eat down here? I'd kill for a space burger and a side of fries. Bones couldn't agree more. Fuck yes, dude. I'd kill for a space burger with extra cheese and a chocolate shake. When was the last time you had In-N-Out, Jim? Shatner perks up. Oh, that's easy. My birthday, six years ago? Remember that? You were there, Bones. Afterwards, we went to that strip club in Sacramento and that stripper with six tits stole your watch? Bones erupts into laughter. <laughs> My Uncle Remy gave me that watch when I graduated from Starfleet. I still haven't told him it was stolen. Kara looks over at David and says, why don't you show the others to the Genesis cave, David? Savick, who's been trying to piece together the comms unit this entire time, looks up. Genesis cave? Bones is confused. I thought this was the Genesis cave. Carol is insulted. Are you serious? You think this tunnel, with a couple of boxes scattered around, is the result of the Genesis project? Aren't you a doctor? You're really fucking stupid, Bones. I mean, I'd expect that from the Russian dude because he's at least had a brain injury, but wow. You have got to be... Okay, I get it. This isn't Genesis. Can we please move on? Snapped Bones. David gets up and walks down the tunnel. Follow me. Savick and Bones follow, leaving Shatner and Carol alone. Well, not totally alone. Chekhov is there, but he's passed out again, so it doesn't really count. Kind of like when you have sex with someone in your dorm room while your roommate is sleeping. After a moment of awkward silence, Kirk has to speak. Look, I know David doesn't know he's my son, but if we're going to be stuck down here for the rest of our lives, I'm going to have to say something. I mean, at the very least, as a father, I need to tell that kid to get a haircut. That mullet is straight up goofy. He'd be laughed out of Starfleet Academy within a week of sporting that hillbilly cut. Well, he's not going to Starfleet, Jim. That's the whole idea. That's why he doesn't know you're his father. You have your world, and I have mine. David's a lot safer with me than he would be running around the galaxy with you. Frustrated, Kirk hits her with some reality. Oh, really? He's safer with you than he is with me? Because last time I checked, the three of us are stuck in the exact same place. Hiding from a psycho who can't let go of the fact that I stranded him on a planet made of nothing but rock and sand, with no food, while earbugs killed off his crew. Carol pauses, then quietly laughs to herself. <laughs> He's a lot like you, actually. Kirk smiles. He has an aversion to throwing up, too? What? No, Carol gives up. It doesn't matter, Jim. Kirk stares off into the distance, deep in thought about what could have been if he had stuck around and been there for David. 
Is it too late? Has too much time passed? You know, real cats in the cradle, deep shit. Carol senses his longing. What are you feeling, Jim? Kirk hangs his head. There's a guy out there who wants me dead, and David would gladly help him out. My son. He turns to look at Carol. What am I feeling? Old, worn out, like a catcher's mitt that's been in the trunk of your car for two years, forgotten under a pile of crumpled up fast food wrappers. Carol knows just what would make Kirk feel better. You're just hangry, Jim. Let's get you some food and I'll show you something that'll make you feel as young as when the world was new. She takes him by the hand and leads him away. As soon as the coast is clear, Chekhov lets out a long, deep fart. He'd probably been holding it in this entire time and was just too bashful to let it out. Excellent. And now, it's that time in our show when my intern Kevin introduces us to someone who worked behind the scenes to create the film Wrath of Khan. Kevin, work your magic. Hello, I'm Kevin Carter, and today I'm interviewing Chris Karwalski, the costume designer for The Wrath of Khan. Chris, how's it going today? Uh, it's going great. Thanks for asking, Kevin. So yeah, I would, I would like to get into uh, my first question. Um, when it sure. comes to the costume design, I, I noticed in the movie, mm. everybody seemed to be sweating profusely when wearing those outfits. Um, was, it, was it something with the wool? Uh, we just had to mm-hmm. buy the cheapest wool, and sometimes we'd have to you know, go sneak to a farmer's field and steal some wool ourselves, and we wouldn't know what we were getting. You know, That's what we had on hand so that's what we made the stars of star trek wear um i noticed their 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 spacesuits like like little like astronauts so they had the helmet and everything like that but they i noticed this this handle they had like a handle in the middle of their outfit and i was trying to understand the inspiration be, between the but by the handle and stuff it's basically a sex thing you know we thought mm-hmm. uh if people were having sex in space they'd really mm-hmm. need to hold on to each other so we were just like yeah you know like that's what most people use most things for is some kind of sexual outlet. You know? Yeah. You know, I got a couple of sex handles in my house too. So I, yeah. I definitely understand, you know what I'm saying? The idea and the around that. So that you, you, listen, you're, you're speaking my language. You're speaking yeah, yeah, my no, language. You can never really have too many sex handles. Not uh, at all. With, with the, with the, with the outfit, I noticed that it looked like it was just a box and just a little, 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 uh, tube over them that was the um the, the helmet but i noticed they were wearing some type of it looked like track suits early 1980s drug dealer track suits i wanted to know the inspiration was that was it drugs that was insp- inspired you for the track suits that particular situation was basically Chekhov saying i'm not wearing anything else other than a track suit in the scene because mm. i i want to feel comfortable i'm okay. russian that's what yeah. russians wear yeah. um if you see like a couple times, like he's in the helmet, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, you can still see smoke because he'd been smoking a cigarette. And he's like, it's good for my character. I you was know, wondering that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Sense. No, no. It makes sense. We tried to get rid of it with uh, digital effects, but those were pretty crude at the time. So he's like, you can design whatever the fuck you want for me, but I'm not wearing it. It's, you know, go screw <laughs> yourself. How about that? Yeah, yeah. So, so how was it with the captain, the other guy? Like, how was it? Was it, did they both want to wear it, or was it just Chekhov? And the guy was like, "Well, since Chekhov's doing, it, he's Russian. Yeah, I'm scared of him. Why not? You know." Chekhov was an established star, so yes. he was, you know, the show. And so this other guy was just like, "Well, you know, if I don't wear the tracksuit, it's going to seem really call attention to the fact that 
this guy's wearing a tracksuit. So yeah, okay. I'll just, I don't want to get fired because, you know, uh, or, you know, get on Chekhov's bedside. Yeah, exactly. And- the last thing you want to do is piss off Chekhov. That's, that's no. the last thing you want to do. God, no. That, yeah. That's a, that's an easy way to die in, in as soon as the movie starts. If you do or just like, like, yeah, you know, have a lot of hot soup on your crutch during yes. lunch break, you know, yes. like. Yeah, just he'll come. He was known for just kind of coming behind you and dumping. Oh yeah, soup. I, I, did, I did my uh, Wikipedia research on that guy. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Check off a checkoff soup dump is uh, yeah. uh, is is pretty famous in the industry. So here's my well, the, the real important one I want to talk to you about. It was this mm. costume really spoke to me. It was the costume of Khan and his crew. Right now, Khan specifically, he gave me trailer rock stars you know vibes like with the, right. the hair he gave me real rock star vibes is that what you were looking for when it came to his outfit the practical reason was we need to differentiate the clean good enterprise people from the rowdy rude yeah you know, ang- that's, angry. What I, that's what i got yeah I got uh no like they're, they're just like kind of like yeah, like street punk, you know, like okay, just yeah. like they're almost like a gang. Oh my gosh, Chris, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, this is no joke. I said, they look like they were in the movie Warriors. The director at the time was pretty obsessed with that movie and he showed me, you know, the movie Warriors and I'm like, yeah. you want him to look like a, a New York Yankees player with makeup? Yeah, exactly. Then he started hitting me. I'm it was sorry. the '80s. A lot of yeah, cocaine, yeah. a lot of violence. Yeah, sorry, so, but, you know, you have to like basically read, you know, anyone who had any powers, mind, or else you were, you know, either hit or gone or souped. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, like I said, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know a lot of people who was did movies back in the day. They still got bruises. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of hits. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, uh, mental and uh, physical scars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have any other idea how you wanted to take it, or was you just Totally gung ho with with making it seem like the Warriors on space, in space. I guess. Yeah, you know, like I was just kind of like thinking of that they would be, you know, just kind of like guys. You know, they've been kind of like just living. You know, kind of shorts, t shirt, kind of thing. And you know, they were just like, "What? No way!" Um, so the one weird fact about that crew is there's a guy who is like kind of like second in command, and he refused to wear any clothes. We had to basically paint the uh, outfit onto him, like just kind of spray paint. Mm-hmm. If you really look closely at a couple of scenes, you can see his ding dong. So, just mm-hmm. like, so no one, no one caught it because we're good at our job. I know you said you painted it on him, and I, I kind of noticed that because his face, mm-hmm. like the face, was a lot lighter than the rest of his body. Right. I don't know if that was lighting from the movie or was that actual the paint that you guys put on him for the outfit. Applying. Paint, you know, spray paint to your face is very uncomfortable. You're just getting like, you know, like you're just getting blasted with paint, especially in the homophobic 80s. Like no guy really wanted, you know, get blasted with a liquid right in the face. So, uh, you know, it's just a different time. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. I I did know a guy who uh, when it came to the the freaky fetish, just like he said he had Mm. a foot fetish. It's like, oh, okay, you know, you got a foot fetish. But then when you really dig deep. It was only left feet, um, right. but, I, but I get I get the specifics. I knew a guy who was uh, a foot fetishist, but it was more the measurement of distance, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, he really got off on half miles. Oh um, wow! Yeah, that no, was the whole thing. Uh, yeah, every, you, you you just never know with people. <laughs> you yeah, just, no, you, you just, just like see him at like halfway points between a mile, two mile markers, like jerking off. In you're the just place. whacking it. Yeah, he's yeah, just just, off yeah. At that point. I mean, he's grown up. He's got a family now, and yeah. he's kind of like gone, like figured it out. But yeah, like packed. That's in. good. That's good. We 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 all, we all gotta we all gotta grow, you know. So we all gotta get. Somewhere, oh, absolutely. You know? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is amazing. You know, what I'm saying? like I, I love the, the conversation, you know, mm. what I'm saying? because I was never really into like I didn't really care about costumes mm-hmm. until I saw cats. I said, these costumes are amazing. How they make these people, how they make Idris Elba look like a cat. This is right. awesome. Are those real costumes? I always thought of those were 3D generated. Like uh like they would just wear a bodysuit, but I don't know. Like I've no, I've seen Ooh. I've seen cuts of the sh- movie yeah. mainly the erotic scenes. Yeah. But I've never seen like I've never like sat and studied it or heard a lot about the production. I'm just kind of like I'm basically semi-retired at this point. But- yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Um I wouldn't say they're 3D, you know what I'm saying? Because as I'm looking at it, you know what I'm saying, I can I can see it. They they they, they took your genius and they just mm-hmm. tried to expand it, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. that, you know? I've heard people have said, like, oh, you gotta watch the movie, they really kind of like are clearly heavily inspired by your work, you know, especially uh, you know, my, my stuff with Gone with the Wind, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just, yeah. I understand. Wait, wait, did you do, did you do the cosmos of Gone with the Wind? I did the, uh, 1970s remake oh. that, uh, kind of got lost, but it kind of became a, a thing that people would pass around on videotape. People didn't like the movie. It really kind of elevated the kind of inherent racism in the original and just kind of like really shoved that into the front. So that's not your fault. You, yeah, your exactly. job was costumes. Exactly. No, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't get a script. You know, they're just like, well, we want to uh, kind of do this gone with the wind, but kind of like a 70s sci fi feel. And, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'll do that one. You know, and then, you know, you start to see the uh, the drafts and you're just like, I can't, if I quit right now, you know, then I'm just labeled a quitter, a guy who quits production in the middle of production. And back then, that was the worst thing you could do. Yeah, and, and then if you quit, what are you going to do about cocaine? You know, so exactly. Like, like, yeah. You know, yeah. You can't quit without it, you know? Yeah. Back in those days, you just get like, a check, but you'd also get half your pay in cocaine. And oh my gosh. Uh, up until like about 1986, that was pretty much the case. Um, I appreciate the, the the interview, the the conversation, the novelizers. We, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate what you do. Thanks, guys, for sticking with me for you know 40 years in the this crazy business. So thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Chris, and thank you all for listening. I'm Kevin Carter. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Mind blown. I don't know how you do it, Kevin. Next up, we have a chapter novelized by my buddy, Rob Kuttner. Rob and I worked side by side for years, and I can honestly tell you, he smells terrible. Rob's chapter stars Rachel Bloom, John Hodgman, Joe Chiappa, Michael Gorman, Candy Milo, Ronan Landa, Clarice Barbier, Eliza Pearl, and Rena Strober. And now, feast your ears on The Wrath of Walt. Hi-ho, hi-ho, the engine's good to go. Hi-ho, it's time to kill my foe. I can show you my cave. Scientific advancements. Birds and water and plants. Check it, James, it's Pretty sweet. Carol, what can this be? A cave just dripping with greenery? 
waterfalls and such scenery. Did you dose me with LSD? No, I made a world with Project Genesis. You see, the greatest thing I've done, my top creation. Oh yeah, besides that sun you had with me. Oh, Admiral, one question. It's Kobayashi Maru. A challenge for real. Yes, Kobayashi Maru. So just how did you deal? Hey, look, don't worry. You're pretty logical head. But Admiral, I insist. Savik, please desist. Or I'll Kobayashi fire you. Spock two to beam up. But I thought we don't talk on encoded. No, no, no. So those rules you exploded. Yeah, yeah. How bad could all that damage be? Well, Jim, I would avoid deck C. Just tell me. Will the Enterprise survive? We're alive, but with the bare necessities. The power, that's auxiliary. Enough to take down Khan with massive strife? Damn right. Mr. Savick, could you power up the view screen? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Reliant is a sitting duck. Yes, sir, but I think we can't outgun them, nor can we outrun them. We are well and truly fucked. Every laser blast, they'll evade too fast. Every photon shot will be all for naught. Plus our shields have lapsed and are full of gaps. We have no moves left. Oh, really? Really? See the line where the gas forms a cloud that calls me. So I propose, and there we go. If the crew on the ship stands and fights right beside me, against that guy, we'll blast him back to SETI Alpha 5. But sir, the Mutara Nebula will discharge gas cloud static, shutting down our visuals and making shields erratic. But Khan and crew will face that too. Box right, no more prattle. Let's all gird our tight red suits and prep ourselves for battle. Condition red, condition red. Point our sensors straight ahead. Melt yourself into your seat, Sherry, or you will all be dead. All right, crew, the gloves are coming off. Let it blow, let it blow, 
That starship's got to go. Let it blow, let it blow with this photon torpedo. Open up that bomb door. Watch the bomb go boom, and God won't bother us anymore. Okay, we need to show him we mean business. Set phasers to him. Calypso. There I see her sitting there across the space. She don't have her systems fixed, and that's so much the better. Yes, I don't know why, but I'm dying to try. I got to kill the Kirk. Yes. I want him yeah, 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 with that shirt so open wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean want like that. What I want is to off him. Yeah, 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 Cause this galaxy can't hold both you and me. I've got to kill the Khan. Sha-la-la-la, it's not politics. They're clearly measuring dicks. Who's bigger, Kirk or Khan? Tell me who will live and who will die. Testosterone's too high. Will it be Kirk or Khan? I'm the star of the franchise. Bye. Well, that was frankly amazing. To see the video of all that singing, check out the Novelizers on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Join us next time for a chapter narrated by J.K. Simmons. Until then, Kevin, land my spaceship. Will do, Andy. Thanks to this week's guest contributors, Steve Agee and Chris Karwowski. The Wrath of Walt was written and produced by Rob Kuttner and starred Rachel Bloom, Joe Chiappa, John Hodgman, Rob Kuttner, Ronan Landa, Candy Milo, Michael Gorman, Eliza Pearl, and Rena Strober. Musical arrangement by Ronan Landa. Sound design by Cole Emoff. Recording by Eric Hachikian, LJ Noxon, and Andrew Limbo. The Novelizer was created by Stephen Levinson. Produced by Stephen, Chris Karwowski, and Rob Kuttner. And edited, mixed, and mastered by Chris Karwowski. Associate producer, Suchetis Bokil. Music by Cole Emoff, Andrew Lynn, Mike Wilson, and Chris Messick. Special thanks to Crystal Dennis, Dennis DeCladio, Robin Reed, J.M. Stodala, Barry Crane, and Hannah Levinson. Follow The Novelizers on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at The Novelizers, or support our Patreon page at thenovelizers.com. The Novelizers is a work of parody, unauthorized by Paramount, Roddenberry Entertainment, or Star Trek. I'm Andy's intern, Kevin Carter, telling you to set your phases on chill, and good night.